Hello everyone, welcome back to the DNE podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> My name is Daniel. Mine's Eamon. And um, you are tuned in back to listening to us. Yeah, episode two. Big, mm-hmm. big number two. We've made it We've made it to the second episode alive. <laughs> and, so, and so have you. <laughs> I'm glad we're all here. If you're listening to this on a post-apocalyptic world, this is how it used to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reflection back to the 16th of January, yeah. 2023. 20, Oh, it's already 2023 that's yeah. wild it's halfway through the fuck halfway through the first month that's wild yeah time oh, see it's weird um they say time's going fast I don't actually feel like time's going fast but it also is it's it's pretty wild how I've been it's been going accepting time nowadays I, I I tend to agree. I, I feel like I'm more aware, I'm more I'm more conscious, I'm more present in the moment, but time this past two weeks have just flow flown by. They really have. I, it's crazy. I have to agree. Crazy, crazy. You have some science stuff you want to talk to us about. I do. So it's an interesting space stuff. Um so for a Quick recap, we're talking about some topics beforehand before just having a normal chat like we did in the last episode. Um, I will be talking a little bit about um, space news because I am quite interested on it and um, they're little bits and pieces so they're not a whole um, subject per se but it's actually pretty good regardless. So I'll start talking a little bit about the James Webb Telescope. Um, the James Webb Telescope was a telescope that they actually sent to space not too long ago. Um, he actually orbits the L2 orbit, which is <clears throat> a lot further away from the normal satellites that we sent away from Earth because it needs a bit of a darker sort of area where it can actually use its infrared camera and see I was about to say, that's a bit the, more. That's the thing, right? It's an infrared camera. Well, they, they, they use more than one camera, so they, they have do have more than one camera, but the infrared is to actually see farther, further in space, pretty much. Yeah. Um, because red light. See, I can't really explain, but because I'm not, I don't know enough. Because we're, we're not scientists, yeah. That is correct. It's probably just an easy article to read about, but it basically means that it's easier to see red, the, the red on the light spectrum um, when it's further away or something similar to that. <clears throat> so basically, what I find really fascinating at the moment is that they are, the, the satellite, well, the satellite took a bunch of photos and scientists are now analyzing those photos using um, computers and obviously their eyes to spot different galaxies. Um, the galaxies that they're finding, um, the really far away ones actually have different types of formation than we expected. So it's actually really interesting to note that. Holy crap, what different formation, like like not around a central star? So they're looking at, um, they're looking at galaxies uh, like from quote unquote the beginning of what we believe to be the star formation sort of time. Okay. So basically the Big Bang happened and energy went all around and that energy started becoming this these stars which then generated planets and etc etc. Yeah. Um like for example we, we, we do know this because we can see in space the nebulas and 
the actual yeah, star like there's this, there's the space dust with the, like the map of it ends up becoming planets. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild how it works. But um, basically, what's happening is um, we're looking at these galaxies and we're seeing a lot more stars than we expected. So what that means is, um, what we believe to be true is actually, um, like changing quite a bit. So. Is basically just challenging our beliefs on what we thought was the right belief, pretty much. Um, like past Big Bang. So we don't know if stars just formed a lot easier back then or if the entirety of the theory is wrong itself. What um, theory? About the Big Bang. So. Oh, right. Yeah, because our theory of the Big Bang is kind of just like based on the premise that like we can just observe things getting further apart. Correct. Everything is expanding and. If everything's expanding, the idea is that it came from one singular point. So how does these how do these new galaxies kind of challenge that? Well, they just have a lot more stars than expected. So basically, it would mean that the universe was already forming back when we thought it wouldn't be forming as quickly then. Oh. Um. So there's. there's so just... it's kind of like there's more matter. Is the premise like there's kind of more matter? Um, well, I don't see, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Too, I'm not an expert on star formation, so there's quite a bit that involves it. Um, right, but yeah, yeah, okay, I get you. So there's, there's more stars closer to what our theoretical center of the universe. Well, they're is. they're not closer. They're still really far away. That's the thing. So they 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 were formed back when we believed they wouldn't be. So basically like let's say at the beginning of the formation right you yeah. should be like creating just a few stars and then from there it expands and expands and expands but the, what, what we're looking at and what we're seeing is that all of a sudden there was just like a massive increase on star formation and like there were so many stars and we're just like well that's pretty Holy wild crap. so it's like a whole region of galaxies yeah, that have a higher concentration of stars. Yeah. So it's not just one, it's multiple as well. So it's um, so back a few months ago, they just found one and they were already like theorizing around it and then now it's just like a bunch. So it's getting more and more clear that <clears throat> there is something wrong with our theories, which I guess... Which are very, pr- very primitive or like yeah. very dated theories or like kind of theories based on like observations really yeah that's that's all we can really do right it's, yeah um, it's not it's not a theory like based on testing and, and research yeah so see th- this is one thing that I find really cool though is just um, jumping in a little bit subject but still about space right mm. um, I believe just give me one second so they sure sent thing, sure thing. they sent a satellite and it's called Juno I believe Juno um, yeah, uh, to actually check it out, um, the Jovian system. So that's um, the Jupiter and Jupiter's moons. And um, it was sent in like 2011, but it only arrived in 2016 and it's been there since then. And they've, they're planning to finish the whole mission in 2025, I believe. So it's, la- it's landed on one of the moons. So no, it's not landed in, and it's never going to land. It's just a oh, satellite pretty much. It's, kind of, it's orbiting Jupiter. Is orbiting Jupiter and the Moon, so it's pretty pretty crazy how they actually made the trajectory, because they're using different um, 
different well, gravities, obviously, to like go around the moons and then Jupiter. And, oh my god! Yeah. So it's like one continuous, like, loop of including the moons and the planet, yeah, opposed so to just in loops as a and planet then loops or like just yeah, uh, uh, in other ways. So it. <laughs> oh my god! It's and pretty cool how it works. Um, but the the thing that's really cool about it and sort of like matches with what we're saying about the James Webb Telescope about theories and etc is that we actually sent a satellite this time so we actually can use sensors to see if our theories were correct about things right so I think yeah. in one of the moons um, I can't recall which moon it's not Europa um, and I probably won't remember which one it is now but they the, the, sat- the satellite went there and it was going around it and we were comparing the amount of um, oxygen in the in the actual planet in, in the actual moon itself and it was yeah. a lot less than we expected from what we actually could observe yeah. using our um, equipment on Earth uh, yeah. so once they send that they can actually see that it's completely different to not completely but a lot less to what we expected which would mean a lot of different things would be happening in there different than what we believe oh wow um so yeah so basically going back to the James Webb we don't know much so and we can't test it we we we're pretty, we are getting really good observation and obviously sending these satellites really help with observation as well because now we can actually look at for example those moons and be like okay maybe yeah. there is more oxygen around this and that or less you know um, yeah and I remember off podcast you were telling me about one of the moons that's cold on the outside and kind of warm on the inside and like you know obviously obviously without landing there you can't really tell much but like theories of of life they all yeah so not all the moons but I think mostly Europa and um, another moon that starts with an A can't remember wow I can't remember the how many moons does it have it's got it's it's like a du- it's like a double it's, number it's like 11 or 22 or it's something it's four moons four. so four satellites um, four oh. moon satellites I mean moon moons from Jupiter yeah um, um, yeah so here we go um, yeah I won't I won't be able to find it, unfortunately, but I can obviously look at it later. Um, but basically... Oh, there you go. I just looked it up. 80 moons. 80. Jupiter has. 80. Jupiter has 80 moons. Oh, 80. Wow. Damn, that's a lot of moons. 57 of them have been given official names. I wonder why... The other 23 are awaiting names. <laughs> what? I wonder why we are very focused on the other ones then. Um, that's probably more research for later, really. Um, yeah, because they, they have the, um, the main ones, quote unquote, which are like the scientists are most um, Interesting, keen I guess. on actually looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of them is Europa. And there's another one that I really cannot remember the name. But whatever. <laughs> Basically, the whole idea is they have ice crust outside, and they have huge geysers. What's believed to be geysers. Which What's a geyser? It's basically just what shoots water. Oh, so uh, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So we have 
those on earth and basically what that means is you have a huge pressure probably yeah. caused by hot water and that just like goes through the ground or through yeah. the ice and just and gets jet, ejected and jets, jets the atmosphere out the yeah. so that means that there's hotter hot water under the ice because if it's crust and water's coming out that means there's liquid water under it <laughs> yeah liquid, and, liquid water yeah Good, good man. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that is. in its liquid form, I, I would say. And, um, and it's that's due wild. To, it's, it's, it's due to the hot. I um, guess that makes some sort of sense. sense. If there's like, if there's little atmosphere to a planet that is, see, I don't know. This is, it's space is wild because by the sounds of that, that sounds like a, a planet or a moon that was just formed of like H two O. And the outside is just kind of like cooled down based well, on the no, actually, it's based not on made, space. It's not made of water. It's um. It's just so many questions about how the how about a spit sign that may be completely wrong, right? But I'm yeah, sure, well, I, I we're think not the most factual. Podcast, the center so. of the Europa moon, I believe, it's made of lead. So it's, it's oh it's wow hot in the middle, and then well, that's what we believe on at least. And I could be wrong also. I should probably really look into that one. Um, but basically, it means the center is really hot. So, like Earth, yeah, it has say. the um, tectonic formation and tectonic yeah. plates. So, yeah. that's what they... And that, that's why oh, wow. we look at them as well, because it's very similar to what yeah. we understand. It sounds like it follows a similar structure. Yeah, it does. Earth. It does. And it's just... Ice, so how on how 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 on earth does the center of the planet stay hot for so long? Silly question, but like it's a really good question. I don't know. But like, it's not like there's a constant energy source down there, like well, as there if is, the heat doesn't dissipate. There, there is kind of. It's like oh, look, it's really different. It's kind of if you think of like the sun in a way yeah so you have a oh core. it's gas yeah and it basically is just, just burning yeah and in the center it would be a lot of molten lava in our planet yeah um, but yeah it, it's pretty wild how long it takes and if it will ever stop you know and how would that affect us if it did stop being so hot um, do, you reckon, do you reckon it impact us much or like or do you reckon it's more of a mass thing and our, like, um... I don't know. If anything, I think our it would kind of help, right? And that's given with zero research, but... Hey, let's cool down the center of the Earth, fellas. Well, we would stop... See, I don't know what being hot in the middle does. So that's the biggest thing, right? But what I understand is tectonic plates are pretty much floating on those molten lava and that's why we have volcanic eruptions and um, like earthquakes because of the tectonic plates actually hitting each other and touching each other so I guess if it was cold that wouldn't happen right because they wouldn't be I guess so yeah that's very (laughs) very high school knowledge that we should very non-researchy yeah that's a very it's very something you learn in high school but we didn't assign it on, but like retain zero of the information, yeah. huh? 
I have no idea about planet cores because I have never really looked into them. No, no. It'd be interesting to know. That's another topic I might look into. What if it's just like the movie, bro? Like the center of the earth is just like some, like another land. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Okay, I think I think that's it for me. I've talked for quite a bit. Oh, actually, well, no, I did finish it. That's all. That's all. <laughs> Done with the space talk. <laughs> Done with the space talk. Onto the boring economics talk, huh? More research required for that one too. Onto the more, yeah, more, more boring money stuff. Which, like, I should preface, I really don't know exactly what I'm talking about here. There is there are some things like uh, the more I research it, the more I find out that I'm wrong. <laughs> but the general the general premise stays the same, in where like a lot of money creation comes from commercial banks. So your ANZ, your Westpac, like the big banks will create money through loans. So they'll give you a loan of like $500,000 to buy a house and it's just kind of what they would call double like double double bookkeeping I think is like the accounting mm-hmm. so for them they're just creating a liability you're paying it back and that's reducing the accounting down to zero and then they make the profit off of the interest and the issues happen when in like a I should t- I, what I'm talking about is a new economic theory I can't, something that challenges the way that we the way that we look at economics in the classical sense but the idea is basically when you look at the global financial crisis when people weren't able to pay back lower, so giving out these loans increases the the GDP economic output because people are buying things people are like building houses houses are getting purchased da 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 inflation things are going up in price like so what happens when people can't pay back these loans is that you have massive economic growth off the back of kind of money that doesn't really exist. And what happens is kind of, or what has happened is banks or the government have to, has to pay out or has to bail out the banks because you can't have banks failing because if the banks just, all banks declare bankruptcy, then it's like, who's going to hold your money? like you look at your bank account like if the banks go up all of your money goes to zero all of everyone's money goes to zero kind of so you can't can't really have the banks failing so the government will in much in the same way as the commercial banks will create money by issuing loans and those loans are just bonds um, and those are purchased by like those those are purchased by the bank or See, yeah, I'm not exactly sure how this works. I think it's the central bank creates these monies in the form of loans and then the, the government buys them, but the loans are issued to the bank. So they basically will bail out the bank, but the debt is purchased by the government. And that is how you'd end up in deficit spent, like a deficit is like where the government is spending spending money that they don't have the bank like they're going into debt and that ends up on the taxpayer okay but the theory is basically if the bank if the central bank can just make money to bail out these banks and these global financial financial crises and 
and and that why can't or why don't they just print money to invest in health invest in new technologies invest in education invest in good things mm. opposed to like just just bailing the banks out basically is the is the theory and i can i can already feel the the inflation argument <laughs> the doesn't increase in money supply see but that's the thing though and we, we talked about this the other day yeah and it still it still makes sense in my brain the whole idea of a bank can give loans right? yeah and quote-unquote have them as non-existent money because if the per if the person pays that money back then you make the money out of the surplus of the loan right so basically if you loan five hundred dollars yeah. You get five hundred five dollars back, so you made five dollars. Yeah. So it makes sense if that five hundred never really existed because yeah. Technically, it was debt created by the bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it's a create like, or it's an asset on the bank side, and it's a liability on, on your side. But if because as the mortgage. Yeah, but if you were, to, for example to do that to create schools and etc and that's what I don't get yet on your theory yeah um, not your theory on the on the new theory that you, yeah modern you know, theory to explain yeah. um, is if you did that to schools and etc then <clears throat> they wouldn't be able to pay back unless they were obviously private so it's, so it's the taxpayer the taxpayer pays it back yeah which is what already happens but the theory is that in the same way that we pay back, like that the bank makes the profit off of the surplus, it's kind of like as long as the taxpayers can pay the the interest on the government deficit, mm-hmm. where it's like the government, the size of the government, the deficit doesn't matter. Okay. It's kind of the way it works. And in, in relation to exchange rates, there's... See, and th- this theory is interesting because there's there's so many con- conflicting views. This this it has it's never been tested before, so you have arguments from both sides of equal validity, and no one knows who's right, who's wrong. Okay. <laughs> so some 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 will say this will never work. It will increase the interest rates. Some are saying, oh, like if you're doing it into schools, that kind of makes it look like your dollar's going to go up in value if you're if, if it's going to grow the economy like if you're putting it into good things that are going to get a return on investment essentially then there'll be interest in international investors purchasing the dollar but then like but then yeah there's also like the other the, the, the classic like oh but money supply will increase like and then all of a sudden our dollar becomes super expensive compared to others so no one decides to buy our exports which is a massive driver of our economy so it's a little scary but it is interesting because someone actually has to take care of that right yeah yeah someone has, is actually in charge of like obviously a group of people but someone is on top and has to look into that well that's and this is it this is well the craziest thing is that it's already been done in terms of like it's been done but just for the benefit of the banks not yeah. not for the benefit of of the nation but the benefit of the banks also we rely on the benefit of the banks as a nation no the bank 
giving out sketchy loans to the point where people can't repay them to the point where they will go bust if they don't like they will go bust because people can't pay them and then the government bails them out that's not that's not us relying on them that's them relying on the government what do you mean by dodgy loans though because as far as I understand dodgy loans is like a pretty expensive process to get a loan it does now before 2008 it did not Yeah, but that was the that was that's what caused the global financial crisis. Dodgy loans. Yeah, dodgy loans or loans like loans given to people who couldn't pay them back. Given to so many people, and then, yeah, and then people couldn't pay back the loans. Oh. And that's what happened. There's actually a really great movie called the The Big Short. I think I've heard of this on on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix, but The Big Short is a a good a good recap of um of the 2008 global financial crisis. But that's modern monetary theory. Um, the big criticism of it that I like is that you can't tell a politician all the chaos that would ensue if you told a politician that government. But like government deficit spending doesn't matter. The the deficit can be as as big as it could possibly be, and, and it doesn't matter. You'd get outlandish claims from politicians. Oh, I'll spend on this. I'll spend on that. And like you have a slightly corrupt person in power, and it's like how much money will they just print for their own benefit? Mm-hmm. You know, like it'll just kind of go out of whack really quick. I reckon. See, I reckon human element fails. <laughs> It sounds pretty simple, but at the same time, it's probably not. No, it's not. It, it's it's not. But it's like, a, I feel like on the on the podcast anyway, it's not nice to talk about it. It's a it's a new emerging theory of economics that literally challenges the the stuff that's well the stuff that I was taught in university and the stuff that we have known forever about e- economics. So it's worth digging into. It's very interesting. Yeah. So, no, that is sick. The operation of money and is kind of insane. It's kind of insane. Yeah, it pretty much moves the world, which is wild to think about how dependent we are on money and I mean generally capitalism, really. But it's insane how much of the system, like, relies on money, though. Like. I mean, the whole system relies on money. The whole system relies on money, man. You can be the greatest person to walk to earth. You don't got money. You really can't be that. You can't. Person. You can't do much. You can be the nicest person, but you won't do much more than that. That's wild. I just get real, real depressive at the at the end here. No, it's not <laughs> depressive. It's true. Well, some people are AFC. This is the thing, though. Coming from a third world country, I guess. That doesn't happen as often. In Australia, we've got quite a bit of um, opportunities in, what, in comparison, obviously. But like, yeah. Um, a person who is quote unquote poor here can really can can get to the top. Top. Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's not impossible. In Brazil, is like. In, almost impossible it's insane the um like the poverty line in Australia is something like something like 1,200 
dollars yeah. a week for a, for a family is the Australian poverty line. So like if you're making less than that a week as a as a family, you're you're in poverty. If you make less than thousand dollars, thousand two hundred for a family. Yeah, but like if you look at the international line or the poverty line, it's like. It's like a dollar twenty-five a day. But what does it account for, though? Because there are unfortunately quite a few Asian countries who are. Well, that's it. That that's the 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 international like what the international body or I don't, I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah, but what what if like I don't know if you know the this data I guess, but if you were talking about another good country, I don't know. Let's say Canada. Yeah. Canada's. Canada would have its own poverty line. And they would be pretty good. I would say, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what it would be. Okay. It would be good. I doubt it would be as good as Australia. Yeah, I doubt it would be good as Australia, but it's just, uh, like, because if you compare Australia to the rest of the world, you will get a very low, um, yeah. you, you get a pretty poor comparison in a way, because you'd be comparing with, like, a lot of really poor countries, because that's the majority, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I just looked up. I can't find the the Canadian poverty line, but yeah, the international poverty line is two dollars fifteen per person per day. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. So, and then yeah, the Australian poverty line is five hundred dollars a week per person for a single adult. Hell yeah, I'm not poor. How, how, but like, yeah, no, you are, so, so you are right. I don't really know how we got onto the topic, but Australians, Australians are well off. Australians are really well off. It's, it's quite amazing. I'm pretty lucky to be here, if I'm honest, if I'm honest, but not a lot of people see it that way, but I hope we change your mind, honestly. It's a poor country. It was a great spawn point for me. (laughs) <laughs> I said it was a great spawn point for me. Yes. <laughs> it would be a good place of birth. Indeed. I'm trying to look up the American poverty line, but... American would be pretty low, I reckon. I can't think of it. 33 grand a year is... is the poverty is line. poverty line. Ah, uh, that's not horrible. Uh, 12... 12 grand. 12 grand. Okay, 12, 12 grand is poverty line. That's getting worse now. So that's what? A grand a month, which would be 250 a week. That's a grand a month, 250 a week, yeah. Ish, 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 ish. Yeah, ish. Like very, very quick maths. Yeah, and then you'd probably, you'd probably look it up because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to. But like, I think, I think the thing about america is looking at wealth distribution oh 100 so like that's going to be the that's going to be the poverty line but you look at the percentage of people in poverty is going to be huge because of the enormous outliers they'll have on the positive side of income yeah people people are very rich in america like the richest people in the world are either in america or china i'm pretty sure well (laughs) yeah well i mean you would have heard on um I think it was Joe Rogan's the like the people in Dubai or like people who deal in oil and and oh, that yeah. don't have to declare their income. So there's like obviously people who are on a much higher income to the people who we are aware of their income. That was said poorly, but yeah, you you, you get it. 
Oh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. They don't have to disclose that if everyone has to. But there is, there is an explanation to it. I can't remember which one, what, what it is. Well, like why they don't have to declare. Yeah, there is a reason to it. Oh, well. Um, a good reason, do you remember? Was it a good reason? Probably. Well, I could say a good reason off the top of my head. People will try to like definitely get you. <laughs> if you're declaring that amount of money, people will try to... Right, right, right. Take it, would it away be, from it would be for a, sure. It'd be a, a, a global level threat to you personally. Yeah, people would not like that. There would be... There'd be you reckon there'd be government? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, no, it wouldn't be government level. It'd just be like... I mean, Putin is apparently... Um, really related to oil making or oil manufacturing so yeah he apparently makes a lot of money but he doesn't need to declare it because because it's oil. it's oil related hey bro let's let's go just dig up some oil i reckon that's easy enough right yeah dude we just sell it i don't even know we just do we just tip some oil in the ground in the backyard and dig it up <laughs> sell it <laughs> Put some oil in, take it out, sell for more. Yeah, dude. Profit. <laughs> we don't have, yeah, sell it, and then you don't have to tell no one about it. <laughs> and then just put that put that straight in your bank account, dude. Oh, government? No, you don't need to know how I made that money. It's true. And it's legal. But I don't know if Australia's like this, but everything on the ground is government-owned. Really? Yeah, in America, at least it is, yeah. So if you find... <laughs> Minerals, just actually, maybe is not. I, I feel like in America, it <laughs> would definitely not be the case. Just set up, set up some like actually, that'd be kind of that'd be funny if you just like rented out some industrial. I'm not even maybe not industrial. Okay, may, maybe my brain went a little too extreme, mm-hmm. but like imagine you just set up like a minor, a minor mining operation in your backyard. And found like coal deposit or some crap. Okay, like Minecraft styles. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. My 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 mind really went like yeah, very very dumb dumb low IQ mode on on, on thought. You drag five blocks down and <laughs> you're on coal. Yeah, and then and then you sell that to like China. Easy, you just hit up. Dude, you, you bro in China. That's true. Man, you want to buy these coal ingots, dude? <laughs> coal ingots. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, um, actually, something that I find really ingots. wild, and mm. going a little bit into technology, is um, they're using drone technology to look at sites and see if there is any minerals inside. So oh. how they do that is they use the magnetic field around the area and they deduce what's in the ground provided what the camera says. So this camera is able, well, it's a sensor rather, but it, it can like sort of sense the magnetic field around um, a block of land, for example. And you can see if there are minerals in that land, depending Whoa. on so how it's like it a, changes. It's like a, it's like a thermal 
Not even thermal. Yeah, no, it, it's not a thermal, but it would work in a similar way where it's like... You Think about your fridge. Your fridge has a certain magnetic field, right? In a way, because like iron, for example. Yeah, and it's, it's just a sensor that can see that. Yeah, you can see that. It's wild. It's really cool um, how it works. It makes... Jeez. It makes it definitely a lot easier. Um, That's... Um, it's insane that drones seem to merely carry technology like it's just drones aren't amazing because of what drones can do it's just drone you can put this this thing on a drone and then with that thing in the air you can get hell in new information that's true that's true yeah i mean that sounds obvious when i'm saying it no but it's it's it is incredible you you completely right i'm pretty sure in ukraine they're like making house-made drones just to carry a bomb oh wow <laughs> so like that's the entire purpose of that drone is to drop that bomb <laughs> oh, imagine just like kamikaze drones dude dude you don't even know because you set up some bootlegged drone and just like the amount of shortage on drone parts is huge currently really because of obviously because of it's the all being because the demand is all over there yeah no because like if even if you're buying like little motors it's hard to find we were looking at um th- that that's more for like rockets but rocket fuel um, <laughs> why are you looking at rocket fuel bro are we <laughs> I'm, I'm planning to actually planning to launch a rocket i'm planning um, to get into rocketry as a hobby that's hell yeah we launching some shit in the backyard <laughs> you can't you oh can't. you can't Castle will be very unhappy a, about it can we make a jet engine no you cannot you can use like really simple <laughs> fuel and it's just like a you, all you use is a little burner just burns the fuel but depending how you actually I reckon that'd be make sick. I reckon that'd be sick. I kind of want to just create one. Yeah, that's that's what I want to get into this year. Um, just getting my big Mac feedback in, and then probably go to uni soon and start doing that. And start creating jet engines <laughs> in the shed out the back. It's actually really funny. Um, that'd be that'd be sick. I worked in this place called actually redacted <laughs> <laughs> oh i knew someone who worked yeah. in a place that can't talk about it but basically my friend and i were talking about for example to- making um missiles that would be able to land like rocket rockets basically like spacex yeah technically but like smaller and just just for fun and to see like how we could achieve that yeah but <laughs> the catch is if you're making anything that can actually be um that can actually that well in a way that actually knows where it's going and you can actually pinpoint where to go mm. is mega illegal <laughs> it's mega illegal but like my obvious question is how the ha- reasons. Is how do you police is that something like that? It's actually pretty simple. There's not many places you can launch anything. So if you're launching something, well, you have to go to specific places. Well, 
a backyard is a pretty good place to launch something. No, people, you, dude, you can literally see they they are they watch pretty well what's happening in our like surroundings. And oh if no, you, don't you, be don't be saying that. That's, it's true. It's true. Like everything in aerospace is really well guarded because it has to be. If you send something oh. and it hits a plane and it kills like five hundred people, <laughs> two hundred in a small plane, yeah. Oh. Not very good. <laughs> well, we just wait until there's no plane going. On. That's not how it works. No, that's. <laughs> you go to jail. <laughs> it's basically. Yeah. The... No, you very you very quickly put the. Put the scope on it, <laughs> of the, the damage it could you cause. You just run. You send it. You see it hit something. You just run. It's like oh god. Oh god. <laughs> good thing I did it at a friend's house. You know. Sure, you had to. Change it. Change your. Um, just go. Just, just go to a park. Just go to a park. Launch it and just bolt. Just run. <laughs> just you just see like a Boeing seven four seven just like drop. <laughs> oh, good Christ! Oh no! <laughs> there is there is a really good app that tells you what plane is actually flying over you, and I find that really interesting. Um, oh well, there you go. Yeah. That's how. You, yeah, that's how you see if there's any planes above you, right? So you launch a missile from your house and you send it to your friend's house. Yeah, that's a good plan. Yeah, and yeah. just make it not explode, just like. See, yeah. and we're really close to the airport as well. So that really wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> planes fly pretty. You're not wrong. Like close to the ground where we are. Oh, not here, but. Anyway. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, that's why I was surprised. And this is like a throwback to our first episode, right? How they got drones for delivery. Because <laughs> it's so hard to fly a drone in public in Australia. There's so many laws around it. Yeah. Where well, you, you can't fly over people. And you've heard about the guy who flew a drone to go get a bunning snag and ended up with like... 15 grand in fines for flying a drone over residential areas like residential area like um, international airspace no international yeah it was like some yeah it was like it was like illegal aerospace to be flying in and because he flew in there he just copped like heaps of fines so that's why I'm surprised so for someone for like a corporation to just get like the AOK to just fly their drones oh. through there for delivery is insane dude and they wanna like I think that's in um Kabulcha, but uh, they wanna have the flying taxis by the Olympics in Australia how would you police that and the flying taxis wouldn't have drivers they're like completely autonomous how did Australia just seem to like Brisbane anyway was just like oh no no economic no no development of infrastructure nah Oh, Olympics are happening. I mean, that's better, better, better. Like, use all these thousands of dollars that (laughs) it's just just been sitting around. I guess that's what most countries do, though. To be completely fair, that's insane that they could just had the capability this whole time, and they're just like, nah, Olympics aren't happening. So we just so we just won't. It is interesting you're saying that though, because before the Olympics even came out, though, they were. planning on like heaps of infrastructure regardless like the, the I rail guess. system that they're like they're making and they're obviously going to expand um, 
Yeah. Finally, we get rail systems, a new rail system. Yeah, but we don't really need it, to be fair. We don't really need it. We're too too road based, too 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 car oriented. Of a, they they did of say something that was really cool though that it will minimize a lot of the traffic, the rail system. They, the the predictions that they made on it, um, because it's on the ground. It'll reduce heaps of traffic, heaps. Just like I'm, just like I just know it goes out to Logan, which is like gonna follow along a motorway. So it's going to cut... It's a commute that people already make. But that will take a very long time. Um, I know for a fact that the shorter routes will open soon-ish, which is the the sort of like city and surround, city surroundings. Yeah. That's going to open first and then they're going to expand to Logan, for example. So far away. <laughs> Imagine digging that. So far away. Although they are using existing existent tunnels, I believe. Really? Yeah, so like the bus tunnels. So I'm assuming there's like there's already some there's already some infrastructure underground that yeah. like is kind of ready for it. Just needs to be updated. The bus system we use to go to the city would probably be what they're referring to. I could be wrong uh, on that. No, but that goes oh there is something that goes under one of the motorways but I don't know of any underground yeah. oh in the city there is but yeah I'm not using M7 as well for it like parts of the M7 I'm, I'm not too sure not Maybe. too sure this was like a first year project I did mm. just in regards to that really interesting Hmm. Should we wrap up the episode, Daniel? I believe so. How long it's has it been? It's now? been been about been about forty minutes. Okay. Well, On thank you everyone for listening. Yeah, this one this one had more knowledge in it. We actually we actually thought of some things before we came to this one. It wasn't just engaging in banter. But hopefully, this one will be. Well, hopefully the next one will be even more researched, so we can hopefully more research, a little less <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> oh well, we still we still need to t- talk nonsense, and and we hope you're there for it. So, yeah. so we'll catch you later. <laughs> yeah. See you around. See ya.